Hello and welcome to Software Tech Talks. I'm Zoe Cunningham. Hello and welcome to Software Tech Talks. Today I am delighted to welcome Tom and Harry onto the Tech Talks. Tom and Harry, can I ask you to please introduce yourselves, tell us what you do at Software and also an interesting fact about yourself. So I'm Tom Riley. I'm a delivery manager at Software, primarily focusing on public sector projects at the moment. In terms of an interesting fact, I think it's probably there's a video game called Micro Machines V3 from the late 90s, which is quite popular at Software, which we play most lunchtimes when we're able to and all around in the office. And there's probably an argument that I'm the best player in the world at this game. Fantastic. You've got nothing to prove this, though. No, nothing to prove it other than people at Software would say I was the best at Software. And I think we've played it more than anyone else ever has. So you've done your 10,000 hours. Indeed. (laughs) My name's Harry. I am a technical consultant at Softwire, and I've previously been a developer and a tech lead and occasionally a PM as well. I can't, I think, claim to be the best in the world at anything, although I was previously ranked in the top 50 table football players in the UK. Right. So very successful, interesting facts we have today then. (laughs) Nothing like I can eat. 500 cans of baked beans or something. Anyway, in today's episode, we are going to talk about project management methodologies, focusing on agile versus waterfall. Tom and Harry, you've both been involved in lots of projects at Software. So could you maybe tell us a bit about what you've been working on recently? So personally, I've been working with the Cabinet Office on the Registered to Vote project. So moving the service which allows people to register to vote to a new hosting environment and improving it at the same time. Yeah, fantastic. An exciting project to work on, I should imagine. It is exciting and it's just really interesting being involved in understanding how franchises are changing and things like that. And also just how the whole process of people registering to vote works across the country. Right. An inside insight into how it how it works. Yes, exactly. Harry? Uh, so my main project for the last year or so has been for a big uh, international insurance company. We've been working on a new system for them that's used as part of generating their regulatory reports. There's a big regulatory change in the insurance industry coming in to make them all have to report at a much finer granularity, which means that all the number crunching that they do gets a lot more intensive. So the system we've been building for them has an interesting combination of lots of quite intensive number crunching, processing well over a billion transactions in cutting the data in various different ways, and also has quite a sort of rich and intricate UI and complicated workflow for all the actuaries there to work their way through the process of generating these reports. So that's very interesting. So you're not actually involved in calculating the insurance or in in kind of delivering the insurance. This is actually just reporting on what has been provided. These numbers are certainly useful to the company themselves. It's not purely for the sake of reporting. So the area we're working in is reserving. So this is working out how much money they have to have in reserve to deal with potential claims coming in. Ah, okay. Fascinating. So actually very important to how they're going to be able to deliver going forward. Exactly. And obviously the regulator is very much interested in this, but the company themselves also really need to know these numbers. Yes. Well, let's start by explaining what the key differences are between Agile and Waterfall. So Agile, we set deadlines for the deliveries in weeks. So the idea is that you create software in iterations by dividing up the functionality into different chunks. The initial planning is done at high level, and then what has been developed is demonstrated 
at the end of each of these chunks. And the emphasis on collaboration with self-directed teams consisting of the customer and the developers working together results in frequent and close interaction. Whereas if you look at a waterfall project, each stage of the project has to be complete before the team can move on to the next stage. So it's like things flowing down in a waterfall. So it's a sequential approach to development. And if you fail to complete a phase, you have to go back and start again. So projects tend to be thought of in much more of a long fixed piece of work, i.e. you do your six months of development work. And you either get that right or you don't. And this structure is obviously suited much better to small projects and where the requirements are fixed and aren't going to change. So would you agree with those definitions? Is there anything you'd add? I think I broadly agree with those. I think I'd perhaps add is when we're talking about stages in a waterfall project, they can be, but they aren't necessarily different kind of tranches of functionality. We tend to think more stages of first we do a lot of requirements gathering and then a lot of design and then we build a thing. So the stages are quite different natures of work following on from each other. Yes. Whereas in Agile, it's more you're doing a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. and then reviewing and then doing a little bit of everything again. Fantastic. So what are the challenges of Agile and waterfall if you're thinking about managing a software project and and getting it delivered? So from my point of view, one of the key challenges with a waterfall project is that you need to be sure upfront what you're going to be delivering. And that is not the case for most projects I've worked on. Even, Even when I have worked on waterfall projects, you're having to react to changes in various ways. And that doesn't really suit a waterfall project very well in that Ideally, at the start of each stage, you would know exactly what you're going to deliver at the end of that stage, and it's just tracking progress towards that. So it can be difficult to react to change, basically. With an agile project, you've got a bit more flexibility in terms of reacting to change. But the challenge here from software's point of view as a bespoke software development company is often working within client budgets. So clients feel more comfortable, obviously, when they know exactly how much money something's going to cost. Whereas with agile, you're saying we know roughly what we're aiming towards and we know how we're going to get there. We just don't necessarily know exactly how long it's going to take. And it can be a bit of a challenge balancing that with the customer's need to have a fixed budget. Yeah. So if you know exactly what the requirements are, it works well for Waterfall. And that allows you to know exactly in advance how much it's going to cost. Just that doesn't actually apply to very many projects. Yeah, I think, I think, (laughs) yes, I think that's exactly right. I think often people think they know exactly what their, what their project wants and what, what the end product will look like. But almost inevitably along the way, you find that things change or that you've misunderstood something or that you just find out that people aren't are interested in using it in a slightly different way to what you originally anticipated. And I think the thing we often find with Agile, as Tom alluded to, is that budgets and, and project planning and so on like a certain amount of certainty about the future which Waterfall at least claims to provide, although it relies on you actually being correct about your requirements, as Tom said. I think Agile is particularly applicable to things where you have something like a very long running product. So you operate a website that has lots of users every day and that website's going to exist for decades and you're going to be adding features to it over time. And you have an in-house team who are permanently assigned to it doing dev. And it's a good way to prioritize what you want to work on next and then regularly revisit what you want to work on next and rejig your priorities depending on the feedback you get from your users visiting the site and working with it. That's the kind of ideal case for using it, which is quite different to a sort of fixed short-term you want to build a thing kind of project. 
And it's not that Agile isn't applicable in those other cases, but a lot of the literature and advice about it sort of slightly implicitly assumes that you're in that case of a kind of long-running, long-standing product team rather than something a bit more project-based. So working out how to translate that can be a bit of a challenge. Yes, that's very interesting. And actually, I think you've kind of touched on there about the, the kind of stories, I guess, that go around about Agile between people who aren't familiar with it, of kind of, you know, budgets spiraling out of control. And how do you explain to a new client, someone who's not familiar with the methodology, what it means and how those issues are dealt with? So I think the picture I normally try and draw when introducing someone to Agile for the first time is explaining the fact that it allows you to reassess and change direction. So the sort of waterfall setup you're choosing what direction you're going to go in and then you're going to travel a long way in that direction, which means that you might end up actually some way away from where you actually need to be. Whereas Agile, if you're working in a more iterative fashion, you're going to spend a lot less time thinking about what direction you're going to go in and go a short distance in that direction and then reassess. And if you add together all those short arrows with lots of little course corrections, where you end up in the end after 12 months or however long you're going to run for is actually a much better picture than your one big arrow running in the direction you thought about very hard at the beginning. Right. So I'm quite hard to describe a visual metaphor on a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, I find that visual metaphor quite helpful for explaining why you choose one or the other. Yes. And it reminds me of a really great quote, which is, if the ladder is against the wrong wall, then every step up the ladder is a step in the wrong direction. Mm. So it's it's that idea. You've got this, you're setting a fixed direction. And if it's wrong, which it likely is going to be, because you learn what direction you want to go in as you go through the project, right? So mm. actually, you can't know everything at the start. I think that's a great analogy. I will use that, perhaps not when I'm talking remotely to people, but in person, when I can draw a picture. The, the other thing I'd say on how you explain agile is agile is an English word. It's a well-chosen term for, <laughs> for what it is. It means the same thing that that English word means. It allows you to react, respond quickly and change direction in an efficient way. The English word helps us bootstrap the explanation of what it is. The thing that often doesn't help is that Agile as a term in the project management world is a term that's been around for a long time and has been packaged up and sold in lots of different ways. And people might all have very different ideas about what it means. But if you can kind of get back to the basic definition of just what that English word means, use that as your starting point. I find that quite helpful. It's actually pretty accurate. Yeah, I agree with what Harry said there in terms of... Um... One of the key bits of Agile, I guess, is about not being prescriptive around exactly how you do things. So it lets you it lets you improve your processes and change over time. And that means that there's not one given way of doing Agile. And I don't think we've used the same techniques on every single project we do. We use whatever fits the project the best, and we improve that as we find out more information. So when you're starting a project, how do you decide whether it's going to be an Agile project or a waterfall project? So from my point of view, I very much prefer running projects in an agile way for a number of reasons. The main one, I think, is the, it's the concept of the short cycle of development really lets people focus on what they're trying to deliver over a shorter period of time, which just gives you a bit more momentum in the short term, as opposed to a waterfall project where you know you're working towards some big deliverable at the end, but it's sometimes a bit harder to motivate people to delivered towards that because you don't have these interim deadlines and things like that. So even when we're presenting a waterfall project to our 
clients, I would tend to run it internally in an agile way because of those benefits I've just described. Yeah. So you're saying even if you have this idea of where the overall arrow is going to go to, you can still within that do it in lots of short iterations. Yes, that's right. Even though the project as a whole is being delivered in a waterfall way, taking the principles of the agile methodology and applying them to the day-to-day work, even if not the overall project. I definitely agree with focus as the primary thing that you can give to a team to help them be effective. And agile can definitely help with that. I think the sort of the trade-off between these approaches really comes down to how much you're going to learn throughout the project. And agile allows you to benefit from all the things you learn throughout the project. If you really do genuinely know everything in advance, then in principle, a waterfall approach ought to be a bit more efficient. But in reality, that's very, very rarely the case. So it's accepting that you're going to be learning stuff throughout the project. If you're in that scenario, then that's something Agile is going to help with. The other way I would assess the choice between these approaches is part of the benefit of Agile is that you have something to show for it at the end of each iteration. You've created something that has some value to the customer. And that doesn't necessarily need to be some software you can go and release right now. That's definitely the ideal. And that's the sort of normal example that's given of how you do Agile. You have software at the end of each sprint that you could deploy right now. And that's certainly the ideal. And that's especially what you should be aiming for once you're a few sprints in. There are some kinds of projects where the software won't give any value until it's all there because it's pulling things together in a certain way that it's just not useful until you've got the whole thing. If you're in that kind of project, then maybe maybe Agile is less useful, although it can still be useful for the reasons Tom talked about, given that internal focus. Half an aeroplane is not a useful thing, kind of example. The reason it's so well applicable to software is that we're not building physical things. So you actually can build something that's half as useful as the final thing and then rebuild it and change it and move things around. When looking at a project through the lens of approaching it in an agile way, it's really important to think about what are we going to be giving the customer that's valuable at the end of each iteration. And that might be some small focused bit of the end product that's useful to them, or it might just be a better understanding of what it is they're trying to build or some knowledge that helps them work out what's going to happen next or what the overall project's going to look like. But I'd always come back to thinking about what's the valuable thing we're going to have at the end of each iteration. And could we, ideally, we should be in a situation where if we just decided at the end of a sprint to finish and stop and walk away, we've still left the customer with something useful at that point. If they decided that they wanted to stop or pause at that point, they still have something to show for the work that had happened so far. Rather than half an aeroplane. Yeah. Suppose you've started a waterfall project and you have half an aeroplane and you suddenly realise you wanted a battleship. Can you change from a waterfall project to an agile project? Can you say, hold on, hold on, we need to take a new approach here when you're halfway through already? I think you definitely can. Everything that you have so far is just useful information and input for what you do next. I think Agile lets you do that. It lets you use whatever you have already as a starting point of knowledge and information about what you need to build and what you're trying to achieve. Exactly. It's just, it's essentially a shift in mindset about your approach to delivery. And the fact that you've got something already doesn't prevent you making that shift at any point, really. Okay. Well, that's reassuring to know. So however you start, you can always change and uh, start being flexible. At Software, we work with a lot of different organizations. What do you find the preferences are in other organizations for how they like to work? From my point of view, I've been working in public sector government related projects for the last 
couple of years and in that area everyone is very much pro agile so to give a bit of background to that there's the government digital service or gds who have a set of 14 points of how they want digital projects to be run and one of those 14 points is the project should be run in an agile way i think this all comes from wanting to make sure that everything that is being built as part of government is serving a need and a purpose for users so at the core of these gds standards is doing things in a user-centric way and what that means is trying to get input from the end users basically so in the example of register to vote which i'm working on it's trying to get input from people who will have to go through the journey and register to vote so finding out what they find easy what they don't like and doing that really regularly doing that every week or two with a number of people and using that information that you gain to feedback into what you're building to just really maximize the value that it's giving to members of public and i think that that approach almost implies an agile methodology because you need to be able to respond quickly to the things you're finding out and you need to be able to react and change course slightly depending on what you find out. I think it's a really interesting way of of going about it. But yes, public sector projects very much mandate Agile. Yeah, so it's slightly tangential, isn't it? This idea of starting with user need, which we have talked about in, in other software tech talks. So the idea is you're starting with the user need, not say the software team's need or the administrator's need. It's actually what do the end users need from the service and how do you implement that as well as possible? And that's a really good point that actually you don't really know what the users need until you give them something that they can touch and play with and interact with, only then do you really know what they need and how that's going to work. And so that kind of rules out planning it all up front. Yes, that's exactly right. And you've expressed that better than I did. (laughs) (laughs) I think from, from my experience, we are still seeing the full spectrum, I think, from customers who are, who really get agile and are really keen to work in an agile way and very happy to do that and really understand the benefits of it through through to customers who are very much a waterfall mindset and very uneasy about changing and moving away from that and really everything in between as well so some of the bigger customers I've worked with recently have kind of come one step along that spectrum in that they are interested in running a project in a more agile way and can see some of the benefits of that but haven't yet works out how to step away from that waterfall mindset and still think very much in those terms of needing to nail down all the requirements up front and it being very dangerous to to leave anything out early on because then you're going to get punished for it later or you won't be allowed to change things later on and that's obviously partly a symptom of of not just how they've run projects in the past but the entire corporate culture that they're operating in as well there are definitely still customers who are sort of just beginning that journey towards working in a more agile way but certainly over the last 10 years, there's been a general shift, finding more clients at the more agile, amenable end of the spectrum and fewer at the sort of waterfall only end of the spectrum. It's an interesting point because I think agile lends itself particularly well to projects where people are trying to do something a bit more innovative or something along those lines. So so startups tend to work in agile ways. I mentioned government projects. They're essentially, they're essentially each one is in a way a startup, but in particular, any of our customers who are trying to break into a new sector or trying to do something to disrupt a business that's already there they're really seeing benefits from the user research cycles i was talking about which lend themselves to an agile approach and customers trying to achieve something along those lines are very much bought into agile a lot more than some of the larger organizations we sometimes talk to 
I think it's a challenge that I understand because essentially software development methodologies have evolved to eradicate and and kind of take out all this uncertainty you have over a software project. It's a large, complex operation and people have been working very hard to simplify this and be able to define at the start what you're going to get at the end. And then Agile is kind of turning around and saying, no, no, we're going to embrace uncertainty. We know there's uncertainty. We know there's going to be change. And we can use that in a positive way. I think I can understand why people who've been used to saying, no, 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 we need to get all this change and uncertainty out of our projects might find that a bit challenging. Absolutely understandable. And I think that's that's a really good way to describe the sort of different philosophy behind these two methodologies. And I think that's still something we need to think about. It's not just a matter of, oh, pick a methodology and then start the project. <laughs> Even when you're running a project in an agile way, we definitely still need to think about where is the uncertainty where should we be pulling uncertainty forward and pulling risk forward to reduce that and to make sure we're learning as much as we can as early on as possible so we're not heading in the wrong direction longer than necessary. So it's, it's definitely something that we still need to be thinking about. It's not just a factor in how we choose methodology in the first place. Yeah, I didn't totally agree with that. For our Agile projects, we still do a less formal, but we would still do a project plan and we would do, we would identify the risks and we would look at how we can address those risks early on in the process. That might vary. In these cases, it might vary between there's some uncertainty in this specific area about how it should work, or there's some uncertainty in this particular technical challenge. And we'd always try and bring those things to the start of the project to ensure that we looked at those risks and used things along the lines of technical spikes. So a short-lived investigation into a particular feature, just checking that what we can do is possible. They're really important tools in reducing that uncertainty and the upfront planning does help identify those. And it's almost a key part of the methodology, right? Because if you don't know what is going to be challenging and you you know you need to find this information out in order to be flexible and agile and respond to it you can't respond to it if you don't know about it yes that's exactly right so i think that it's important to identify the areas where you know you're not sure about things and as i say that can that can fall into a number of categories which might be technical it might be how the people want to use it but it's very important to know what those are and address them appropriately fantastic so what are the things about having a flexible project management approach. I don't really want to say agile because there is this difference between being agile in a general sense and being agile with a capital A and following a strict set of rules. But being agile with a small a, are there other project management methodologies that you would use alongside the kind of approaches you've been talking about or perhaps even instead of? As you say, there's a difference between agile with a small a and agile with a capital A and and the various frameworks, some of them quite descriptive, that have been built up around Agile and stamped with that term. I mostly try and avoid using the word Agile for that reason. If I'm having a conversation with someone, their understanding of that word might be informed by one of those particular frameworks, rather than the same understanding that I have. I try and talk in terms of the principles that we care about. So there's obviously a lot of literature on lean project management and the various principles behind that, which overlap a great deal with Agile. Things like, as Tom said right at the beginning, finding a way to give a team focus and have a clear picture of what are the team working on at the moment, not having too much work in progress, having the team pull work in rather than pushing work onto them. 
I tend to talk about doing iterative development rather than talking about doing agile as a way to avoid using that term. And there's a quite nice formulation of agile that I like, which is is on modernagile.org, which is a modern reformulation of those agile principles. But the guiding principles there are putting people first, making safety a prerequisite, as in people's safety to take risks, to speak up, to do their work in an environment that's comfortable and safe and well supported for them and also talks about delivering value continuously and also puts on that top level of principles experimentation and learning and i think a focus on being able to figure out what it is you're learning as you go along and setting up feedback loops so that you can guide your decisions throughout the whole project is really important as well i think that's right there is a there is a big difference between agile with a small a and agile with a big a and i think some people, when you say Agile with a capital A, they will think of a specific methodology that they're referring to. My personal take on it is that there are some key parts of any Agile methodology that we should take out and try and use on projects that we're working on. But I, I don't like to be too prescriptive about the exact format of running those things. So, for example, I'd say some of the key things are the daily check-ins or stand-ups, as, as we call them, I think. They're really important in terms of sharing knowledge throughout the team. I think retros are a really important way. So a retro being the team get together tied into what Harry was saying about people feeling free to speak about how things are going and have a really open conversation about how things went and what the team could be doing better. And so long as we're getting those communication cycles and the feedback loops working, I think that's that's kind of the key to a successful Agile project. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Tom and Harry. I think that's been a fascinating discussion about the kind of underlying principles of why you would run a software project in this way, rather than just necessarily the rules of how you would do it. So thank you very much. And please do tune in for future Software Tech Talks. Mm -hmm.